Hey everybody, it's Jeff Antoniak. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. All right, I want to talk to you today about major is minor and vice versa. So uh, that sounds kind of like a crazy statement, right? We know that major is happy and minor is sad or major is bright and minor is dark. They're opposites, right? So how is it that these two things can be equivalent? Well, we're going to dig into that, and it's very interesting. And now for a lot of adult amateurs and semi-pros, the folks that I work with daily at Jazzwire in, in the teaching that I do in the real world here, um, this is something that, that people have heard about, relative major, relative minor, and the theory kind of confuses people, and what do we actually do with it? I mean, I'm, I'm here to talk about how do we, we play good music. As far as interesting theory talks, yeah, we, we can do that somewhere else. I want to get us sounding better. That's what we're going to get into. And hey, before we start, I want to answer a couple questions. Um, folks out there have been noticing that many of the Digging Deeper videos are no longer available on YouTube. That is true. There's 140 some of these videos and like about 130 of them are not on YouTube anymore. Yes, that is true. I've moved those all inside jazzwire.net. That is the place to find them. And the idea is here on YouTube is not the best place for us to do the education that's important. Like, I'm glad that you love these videos. And by the way, the, the new video is always free. It's always here on YouTube. It's always up for 10 weeks. But some of the videos from a year or two ago, those are all categorized and they're part of the learning that we're doing at Jazzwire. So if you're looking for those videos, that's the way to do it. On YouTube, anyone can leave a comment about anything. No one is vetting who is talking. Nobody is making sure that what people are saying is actually true, right? These are the issues with the internet. Um, is the person answering your question, do they care about you? Do they know how you play? Is their answer appropriate to your level? The answer is no all the time. On Jazzwire, the answer is yes. So that's why I've moved those videos there. I hope you join us at jazzwire.net. Um, use the code DIGGINGSPRING to help you get in for a little less money. Save some money on the way in. Okay, let's talk about this major is minor thing. Now, um, this goes back a couple weeks ago. I want to thank one of the adult piano players in uh, one of my bands, Mark. Um, we were playing a tune and he did this great quote of the song On a Clear Day. It's a really hip tune if you don't know it. And um, so a major seven chord came up and he quoted that lick, or I thought it was a quote, he played it. And then three measures went by, then the major chord came by again and he played it again. Very smart man, Mark. Um, not only did he play it the first time, but then he played it a second time. It developed his idea. It reinforced that he knew what he was going to think about. So great. So, I mean, he, he did a fantastic job, a cool quote or a cool lick. And then the fact that he did it twice for a listener, for me as the listener, it was really fulfilling. It was pretty hip. So that's a great lesson right there. Now, uh, so what I did is when it came time for my solo in the class, I lead the class, and it's a bunch of adult amateurs in the class. When it came time for my solo, I played that quote. And he kind of looked over at me like, yeah, yeah, I heard you do that. Then what I did is played that major quote in a minor place in the chord changes. So I used a, a quote that's definitely written and composed to be major, but I, and I didn't change the intervals. I didn't make it into a minor sound. I took that major sound and fit it into a place where it would fit in a minor chord. Okay, what does all that mean? 
Well, let's look at it. Check out the sheet here. So you can see item number one, we have a C major seven chord and the melody, the way it was composed. Sounds like this. So there it is. We could analyze it on the major seventh chord like the melody is three, five, nine, seven or three, five, two, seven, if you prefer to think of it that way. So that's how we might analyze it. So now the question is, are there, where else could I fit that collection of notes? E, G, D, B. Well, let's look at some different places. And so here's what I did. Um, so I got to think kind of fast on my feet and thought, oh, here comes an A minor chord. Well, guess what? A minor is the relative, sorry, the relative minor of C major. Those are like, they're related. They call them relative, this and that, right? So turns out if I play A minor on the piano, I can use those exact same notes from the major thing. So I'm sort of reharmonizing the melody. Check this out. see what I did, right? So I kept the notes exactly the same. It is the song, the way it was composed, but I found a chord where it would fit. And it turns out relative major, relative minor. C major, A minor are related. So if you have a good C major lick, it may work pretty well on A minor. And if you have an A minor lick, it may work pretty well as C major because those keys are so closely related. So this is interesting. Those of you that are good with math may be thinking, huh, I could double my licks. I thought I had a bunch of minor licks. Turns out every one of those is also a major lick. Pretty slick, pretty slick. So let's look at a couple other examples. In item number three, I was sort of searching around and it turns out, well, there's some other chords where those exact same notes will fit nicely. How about over E minor? Or how about over D minor 7? Okay, now they each had a different flavor. D minor was very interesting. It's, it's quite rich sounding. Some people may think dissonant sounding because we played the 9th and the 11th and the root and ended on the 6th, or also called the 13th. So yeah, there's these, all these different places where that major lick could fit over a minor chord. So the biggest thing I want you to understand right now is that relationship between major and minor. If you're not sure about what relative major and relative minor is, you can Google it, you can look at Wikipedia, it'll tell you exactly what it is, the relationship between the keys. And this is very usable. We're using some uh, theory information that, you know, we would learn in a theory class at school. Nobody ever told me what to do with this stuff, but turns out, wow, we can use this to sound better, to be more interesting, to sound kind of clever as we are playing jazz. And that is what theory is good for. There you go. You knew it was good for something, right? So I tell you what, um, the last item on the sheet, what I'm going to do is vamp two chords back and forth, playing essentially the first four measures of uh, the song Green Dolphin Street, totally unrelated to what we're talking about. And what I'm gonna do is quote on a clear day for the first two measures in major, exactly like it was written. Now, when the song goes to minor, 
what I'm gonna do is use a couple of the examples above on the sheet, and I'm gonna quote the melody in an interesting place in minor. I'm gonna do it in two different places. And maybe I'll repeat that, that eight measure section twice so you can hear it. And you're gonna get a sense of how we can take a little group of ideas. Um, some people call them cells, a cell of notes, which means just a, a small collection of notes, and how we can move them around inside major chords, minor chords, half diminished chords, altered chords, and find interesting places where they fit. This is really fascinating work, and it's a lot to keep in your head. I know you're already thinking, well, you know, which notes over which my, yeah, it takes a little bit of doing. Everybody out there can do it, but we need to do it on specific music in a specific way. How do we do that? Yeah, Jazzwire, that's what I do at Jazzwire. For me to explain this in a 10 or 12 minute video, it ain't really gonna work. You can go experiment, again, nothing wrong with you going to experiment, but there's a really good chance you'll sort of get a little confused or get it slightly backwards, it's very easy to do, and then get a little frustrated, and then guess what? No more, uh, no more of this for you, right? I don't want that to happen. I would love to work with you personally, and we can figure this stuff out together. So I'm gonna do a little playing and uh, play the last example for you. Here we go. That's pretty cool sounding, isn't it? Um, how we can take that idea and move it to, to different places in a minor chord. I took a major melody and made it fit in a minor chord. But again, I didn't change the shape of the melody. I didn't lower the third or anything like that. It's very, very interesting. So let me do one last uh, example for you before we head out. How about if I quote um, the song uh, Ornithology by Charlie Parker? So that's a great, simple major lick. So again, it's instead of uh, on a clear day, I'm going to play ornithology. And then I'm going to move that major lick into a minor key, keeping the melody major in an interesting place. So I'm going to use the same relationships as what we have here. So I hope that just this concept kind of uh, lights something up for you and this idea that we can trade major and minor back and forth. We can kind of make them equal or we can make them work with each other. And so I'll give you this last example. Thank you for uh, tuning in. If you're enjoying these videos, please share them with some other folks. We have folks all over the world, almost 2 million views of the Digging Deeper uh, jazz videos. That is fantastic. And so many of those people coming in to work even deeper at Jazzwire. So those are the folks I want to work with. If you're intrigued by this stuff and really want to get moving, uh, I will see you there. Thanks so much. Here we go. Do a little bit more playing for you. Thank you.